Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop, and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop, and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass on April 23, 2021. Get your free ticket on his website, eldinhasser.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hasser. Record. Yes, welcome everyone to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. Your host, Elvin Hassa, and my guest today is Frederick Sandwell, who is an investor, entrepreneur, and he's also a host of his own podcast called Invest in You. So he normally invests in real estate and find, you know, he sort of focuses on finance and that side of the business. But before I tell you more about what he does, I'd like to invite Frederick to introduce himself and tell us a little bit more about himself. So welcome, Frederick. Thank you very much, Eldin. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I think it's a great name and it's also a fantastic uh, way how to tap into people's experiences as well. So yeah, I look forward to sharing some of mine. 
and uh, I am born in Sweden. I've been working all over the world, and uh, at the moment, I am in London, uh, where I have a lot of my business, which is mainly in property, secondarily in finance. So that means that the finance companies, they're also working with the, the real estate sector. So I'd love to help others like yourself. I do coach and mentor people, not at the moment, but I've been helping many people over the years. And it's actually one reason why I do the podcast, to reach many more people in a simple and great way. So yeah, here we go. That's brilliant. Yeah, I had to listen to a few of your episodes and it truly is, as you said, your purpose is what it was to make a positive impact on humanity and try to help sort of to pay it forward. You yeah. have been you have been fortunate in your life, in your career to be successful and you want to now pay it forward, mentor others and teach others. So could you tell us what inspired you? at a young age, how did it all happen to be where you are today? Uh, right, so I don't have a fantastic hero story, uh, jokes aside. Uh, I grew up in the countryside in Sweden, so which is super, super different to where I'm right now, uh, sitting here in, uh, in London. My mom and dad, just normal, normal people. My mom was uh, working as an under nurse, dad didn't worked in manufacturing industry in, in the mid-level management, so from there, I was the first one to do everything basically. So I was the first one being the oldest son. Uh, I was the first one to go to England for language exchange when I was very young. I was the first one to go to university. I was the first one to join uh, special forces, of course. I was the first one to become an officer and later was to invest into property. So many other things I had to really pioneer and find my own way. Um, and I think I'm really competitive, but I'm mainly competing with myself. And I think that's also one reason why I can be very happy not having to compare with the biggest boys and girls in the world, uh, but just as a benchmark, like where was I yesterday? Where do I want to be next? Uh, and, and being happy with where you are, what you have and what you do. Um, and the life has taught me many lessons. I've been also working in many countries where people are way less fortunate than here. Many countries in Africa, Asia, uh, working in war situations, uh, aid organization so the more you travel and see other things the more you appreciate what you have and where you are in my case at least that's amazing and would you say some of the skills you have acquired during your military service and your career as an officer did did you find that some of those skills were transferable when you went into business? Could you yes. share some of those experiences and what you yeah. found that was transferable and helped you to succeed to where you of are course. today? Uh, I would say that I was lucky because while in the military, number one, I was preferring for that not being an officer always. So even before I left, I already had two companies while I was working, uh, both in real estate and also in consulting. I was also fortunate to start to collect business degrees and knowledge and experiences on the outside of the fence, so to speak. So when the time eventually came to leave, I was very prepared. So that was one thing I can really say to people who are in the force still who happen to listen to this. You can do things at the, at the same time and, uh, and start to prepare mentally at least and build your network. So you're not alone when you come out because many people are really alone when they leave the social circle of the military life. And we can unfortunately see many great people who are even on the streets in London today after being very successful 
in very similar situation as myself. So one thing I really brought with me was discipline. That is mainly self-discipline, how you can get yourself to do things which you might not always like um, and still push through. That is probably the biggest one. I like timekeeping, which is also good when you have, uh, for example, a project in, uh, in real estate, which everything needs to be timely. And that's not always working with other people who might have different perception in terms of what is the right time and not. Uh, that's another one. And of course, uh, to manage other people. To manage is one side, but also how to be a leader. So leading by example. So as a landlord, having also employees to show that I can actually do the, the dirty job myself as well. And lead by example, not getting people to do what you don't want to do yourself or never would consider to do. On the contrary, just leading by showing that this is how we can do it and here's how we can do it. And so they actually would like to do things so I don't have to do the time to do that. So they willingly jump into a fix a task so I can focus maybe on something which will be moving the business faster to the future. So yeah, those were the three top things there. That's really great. Um, and I, I can see that I, I would say the discipline definitely from your military background, how that was transferable. And the topic of leadership, this is something that I used to do workshops and, and seminars about. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to ask you, what is your view and your experience and uh, what does it make a good leader? Because a lot of sort of entrepreneurs and leaders listen to this podcast and even sort of wannabe leaders yep. who are just that's, like at the startup level. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that one of my first leadership lessons was to try to get a whole group to pull in the same direction. That's one of the most important thing as a leader. And that means that you need to buy in in terms of whatever it might be. And what we want to do that is actually to decide on the destination together as a team, which means ultimately you got the buy-in because they were part of formulating the plan even. Uh, and even when you're delegating, which is also one of the important skills as a leader, you might ask them questions. So you're unlocking their potential. So you help them to find their way, not micromanaging, which is usually what most people don't want to have. So allowing people to find their way to get to the joint destination, that's, that's really powerful when you can make that happen in any walks of life, whatever it might be, uh, you can really see and feel the momentum. And, and that momentum is even pulling other people into this as well, because of the positive energy or productive motion uh, it's hard to stop a team which is moving forward just like that. And uh, the hard thing is to get the team in motion. While it is in motion, it will take less energy to keep things uh, moving. And, uh, and that's where you can sort of think about next. That is a great advice. And for people listening and watching this video, perhaps, uh, for them to understand, you see, a lot of leaders actually do on the contrary. <laughs> They, yes. they want to do everything themselves. They still yeah. micromanage because, you know, uh, as they call them, solopreneurs, right? Solopreneurs. From when they transition from solopreneurs into uh, a leader having a team, they still have some of their old habits, which is when they were working alone. And, you know, they do not really inspire their, you know, team to sort of delegate and to 
as you say, you know, different people within the organization have different strengths. Exactly. So that is very, very important. And, um, and I can tell that some of these skills were also learned um, during your times in the military as an officer, because, you know, as you said, you mentioned war and you mentioned various countries. I'm sure you've been in some of the very dangerous situations during your military career. So yes. it was so important. So this wasn't just like, okay, we're going to lose money if we don't do well. This is like, we're going to lose lives. Yeah, right. worst case, yes, absolutely. Worst case, so, yeah. so it's so important to have these skills and then to be able to apply them in, in a correct way. So, and as you say, once the team gathers momentum, then it's sort of unstoppable. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and also linked very much to both your podcast, uh, so the potential, to the fullest potential, that is usually something over and above your goal. It's usually something far, far greater. And uh, again, as an organization team or as an individual, if you have something which is not linked only on yourself, so a greater good, a greater goal, uh, a greater purpose, then the same thing there. You will also start to pull other people towards helping you reaching your goal. I mean, we've got great examples, uh, big world leaders who have got a goal which is great enough to pull other people there, whatever it might be. If it's uh, Elon Musk and Tesla into March or whatever it might be. The, yeah, let's call it the law of attraction or whatever. But if your attraction is great enough, uh, so other people can see the benefits, that's more interesting. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, people obviously, you know, everybody is doing the business, doing the work to, to generate the income, to generate the money. And one of my mentors said, uh, when I asked him at a very young age, I want to learn about money and how to make money. And he said, the first lesson is don't think about money. And I was like, well, this is what I want to learn. He goes, no, do not ask about money and do not think about money. So I said, what do I focus on? He said, focus on how to be of service. Great point. You focus yeah. on developing the skill set, service or product to be this of service to the customer, to humanity, to people. And as you said, once you have this vision, other people come because it yep, resonates exactly. with them and they want to help you. They want to help you execute your vision. This is how you grow your brand, you grow your business in this way. And once I began to implement, it was very hard at first because when you work as an employee for a job, for a salary, you're thinking, hmm, so I focus on the service, but how do I get my pay rise? He said, same. Yeah, exactly. you focus yeah, on yeah. the service yeah, help, and yes. you focus on the gratitude you know half of the people out there well i would say most people out there their mental rehearsal is i hate my boss i hate my job i hate this and i hate that yeah. right? that's their unconscious mental rehearsal but at the same time they want to get the double salary yeah it exactly. doesn't yeah, work yeah. <laughs> it very doesn't unlikely. work <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, just as, as your LinkedIn page also refers to like the relationships so or even the, the family relationship, same thing that if you look for the worst or, your, or the best in your spouse, that's exactly what you'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is, I mean, one of the things that I do is relationship coaching, but it's not just related to yeah. the intimate relationship with your partner, with your spouse, but also with children and co-workers and, you know, relationship with humans, right? And um, it's very, very important. And what you said is 
I want to reiterate to the audience what we focus on, where the attention goes, the energy flows. So if we focus on, look, everyone is work in progress. We still, I still work on myself every single day. I'm better than I was a week ago, a month ago. So do you, and so does you know people in our network. But the key is that we need to understand. So is the spouse. So is the coworker. So is the other person across the table, you know, in the same room or on the video yeah. call. So if we focus on the positive aspect, positive attributes of this person, this is where our energy is going to flow. Yeah. And you know, I think that's very very important. Now. So how do you, let me, so I'm going to tell the audience if they don't know, um, you are um, doing the podcast as a co-host with your son. Yes. So how did that come about and what motivated you to do that? Um, how old is your son and when did you start to sort of work with him as a sort of business partner? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I started to work with my Actually, not the only one, but actually two sons, Ivan and Charlie, oh. and that was more more than four years ago. So I've been trying to live the lives of, of like the, the, the rich dad, poor dad philosophy, trying to teach them life lessons, and and I sort of do more and more with them in business uh, about four years ago, and they are now fourteen and sixteen, which means Charlie he wasn't even ten years old when we started oh, this wow. together. While they actually push the, the record on the podcast at that time he was 11 and I was 13. So just have that as a benchmark for all parents out there. They can start much, much younger than you think. So one way how I did that was to involve them and explain what I'm doing, to use like business examples and apply that on school subjects which they might find really dull and boring so for example when using uh, percentage we talk about like loan to value on a loan and uh, so that's they can see that there's a reason for actually learning this specific little thing and uh, the the simplest way why did i do it pure from the purpose of, of serving helping others so like the best way how i can motivate them is to allow them to not only listen to me, but also to other people. So people just like you, uh, Elin. So interview world leaders, uh, millionaires, uh, even billionaires, uh, influencers, uh, bestsellers, uh, people from all, all walks of life from all over the world. So by putting them in the same virtual room as our guests, fantastic. Uh, and there's also, uh, we did quite early on decide that we will also do some live events now and then. Not very often. It's not our main thing. It's not to make money. It's just to, to spread the, the word. So we went to an event in Bali, a two-week business accelerator for uh, people who are usually like in their 40s and 50s. And Shaul and Ivan, they were super young, super tiny. Uh, and they were very much part of this. And you might or might not have come across Roger Hamilton. Uh, but it was Roger Hamilton's uh, flagship program called iLab and they did it as participants and I forced myself to not focus on any of my businesses but just focus on our joint partnership together so when we left after two weeks we had a promotional plan for uh, an event which we later ran in London so when they were 11 and 13 they were on stage presenting about entrepreneurship in London and that was super, super cool. And they've been repeating it since as well. So that is just 
showing them what they can do. So surely great with both editing as well as, uh, of course, being on the podcast as a host. So they learn great, useful skills. And Shola has also started to do some of these things for other people and getting paid for it. Yes. So he's noticed that actually you can create your own job. Again, he's 14 now and he latest invoices and was for like 200 pounds for some social media things. Great example of we don't know what their jobs might be in the future. So therefore, like make them very agile and not afraid to try things. So I want to help the world. And one way to do that is to use my kids to show what we can do with them. So I'm teaching them so they can teach us. The best way to learn is to teach. And that's what I hope to bring to them. And that is what we have done together without them conscious and maybe even thinking about it. So yeah, don't tell them, but they are that's great. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that's very, very inspiring within itself. And yet to reiterate to our listeners, yes, for anything that you would like to learn yourself, you see, science has proven that when we study something probably 85 to 90 percent of what we have studied we forget within days weeks but if we study for a different purpose which is for the purpose of teaching others we retained up to 90 percent so it's incredible just by shifting that like switch in your mind and so this is what you have been doing of course for yourself first and you have been teaching your children to do the same for themselves. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible because you see, for our audience, this is something priceless because you see, people go to school, they go to university, they get a degree, and they might be reading books, listening to podcasts, watching videos. But I say to people, take notes. Take yeah. notes and also ask questions as in, how can I apply this in my life? How can this information, which I have just listened and noted down, how can I apply this in my relationships, in my life, in my business? And most important, when will I use it? Yeah, great point. Really, really great, great point. And that way, by asking these questions, that propels you to take action. You see, listening to a podcast is not taking action. Taking action is taking action based <laughs> on what you have just learned yeah. from listening to Frederick and I talk about his amazing subjects. And, you know, just a, just a bit of um, Frederick talking about his two boys, how amazing they are and how he has indirectly impacted them. And they sound like they already have like three, four university degrees. They're like yeah, 14 yeah, I mean, and 16. They're, they're, they're entrepreneurial and financial and, and savviness yeah. is like way past where I was, was like 30. And when I was 30, I would have been running companies for years and they understand way, way more than I do. So Charlie's 14, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he already understands editing videos and podcasts and he does social media. Yeah. He invoices clients who are in their 30s and 40s and he's and only 14. And 60s. And, 60s. and yeah, <laughs> and he's been doing this for the last two, three years. I mean, you know, come on. It's yeah. amazing. And tell me something, Frederick. Do you do you know a school, a university, a boarding school, a private school? It doesn't matter the cost in Switzerland, perhaps, yeah. who can teach these skills. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, in, in Sweden, we've got extremely few boarding schools. And, and the reason why I know is my wife is, is a teacher in one of them. And uh, my, my Ivan is attending to the other one. He's not doing boarding, but he's attending to that specific school. And... Um, 
really the, the top of the society, very much like we've got with, with Eton here. People have got far too much money, far too little time for their own children. Yeah. And um, no, they don't teach that stuff either. They have got really great uh, extra speakers coming in and some extra curriculum activities and so on and so forth. But for them, it's really mainly the network for the future. Absolutely. Still, uh, yeah, don't, unfortunately, don't learn this in school. So that's why we now then do some events. We, Charlie and myself, we have written a book. It's the final editing stage. It's called How to Make Money as a Teenager. We just share examples how we can actually do this. Just exactly what, what he has done and, and many other people we've been talking to. Yeah. So teach people practical steps to follow in exactly. how to. Okay, that's interesting. So how to now. Yeah. But what if a child or like, age 10 to 16 is saying okay this is this book is very inspiring but i have no confidence yeah what do you say to that child uh it comes back to one of the super important words which we both know as, as coaches like the the why the reason why like if the why is strong enough they will start to find a way often today's younger people i find having worked with many like yourself they ask lots of how question sure they, they completely miss all the other important questions. They ask like, oh, how? Well, ah, frustration. Uh, you know, yeah. It's not the only most important thing. So, yeah. yeah the, give, give, me, give me the magic, uh, magic formula, magic yeah. template that I can just now, we've spoken for half an hour, 10 minutes, one hour, so I can go and apply and I change my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what I say to them, you see, motivation it's finite it's you know if you don't have the strong compelling why you know you're gonna run out of motivation very soon it might last yes. you know a few days few weeks but if you have a strong compelling why then that is going to last forever yeah exactly. you know? yeah it's yeah. Uh, so there are so many obviously lessons that need to be learned um in you know but you know, reading a book again is great, but taking action and you see, let me ask you a question. When your sons began with this career, which they have been practicing and you have been observing them, because obviously you had a lot of skills, prior business skills, life skills. Yeah. So for you, it was a lot easier. Perhaps you even had a public speaking experience yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking no, I, on I, stage I, and I, all of that. So yes. how did your uh, sons overcome some of the challenges, which even many adults face like speaking on video, speaking on stage, because I, you know, people tell me number one fear is public speaking. So how yeah. did your sons overcome that, and what um, methods have they used? I mean, it's just sharing that it's okay to not be hundred percent certain about anything, to to be vulnerable, and it's okay, and to understand that actually by doing this, you will learn, you will become better. And, and understanding that process and but yes i do i have pushed them a bit and i have pushed them uh, earlier uh, and, and more frequently than they wanted themselves but now i've got them to a stage where they are pushing themselves way way harder than i ever would so ivan for example he's doing extreme training uh, for the cha championship in taekwondo uh, on the national level and i would never push him that hard but by Again, coming back to leading by example, showing what is doable, and also showing that I'm also breaking boundaries. Uh, they, I mean, Charlie and yourself could have a great conversation about comfort zones. He knows what that is. 
I mean, all of this personal development stuff we talk about and listen to, he's aware because he's, he's heard it from so many different people in different ways. So, and, and he's also seen yeah. you applying in your own life. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I, I can't tell the, the, the perfect way to do it, but leading, showing with yourself, also when you are not perfect either, that is great. Uh, because if you are, we talk about different kind of, of how we learn. So you might have a con unconscious competency. So you're really at a really good level in whatever it might be. Then it's really hard to untangle to explain what you are actually are doing to become a good public speaker. And, and that is usually and often the case that people who are really, really good at it might not be the best teachers. That's but I've been lucky, lucky to work with educating, teaching people from maybe 15 years old until now, which means quite a few years, but I mean, in leading, leading positions, helping other people to understand. So for me, that is uh, unconscious competence, but I can untangle it and pick it because I have had, have, sorry, I have helped to get other people to understand leadership and other small things, but it's really tricky sometimes. And sometimes you won't be the best teacher, even for your own children in certain things. And, uh, and I think that is where many people struggle with their own family because because of the relationship is not of the kind that they will sit down with you for an hour, two hours and actually listen to you, communicate, discuss and, and work together. I mean, for different reasons that, that might be the case. And that comes back to hearing them out, listen, and then you can, you can fix and create an improver relationship. Uh, so just taking one example, I mean, probably have got a fair, fair amount of parents listening to this podcast and just the other day, my wife, like, I can't, I can't reach Ivan, it, it doesn't work. And the only thing I did is I wasn't even in the same country. I was in here and he was in Sweden. So I was just sitting down with him, doing mass by sitting down with him and becoming his accountability partner, uh, praising, questioning, and, and pushing him to, to do the work. And just like a performance coach, getting yeah. him through, through the tasks, but by being there, by taking the time to be present in their task. Yeah, you, 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 give, you give an Ivan undivided attention, yeah. which I think Rare. that was like the, 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 the foundation for getting into the because you know as parents we i have a i have a 21 year old son and yep. as parents we are taught from our parents and grandparents is like you know you have to be authority you have to discipline you have to tell them tell them what to do and they will listen it doesn't no. work <laughs> exactly. it doesn't work you can tell them until you are blue in the face but they're not going to listen what yeah. works is what you describe is you know you you tell them look i'm here for you I want to be your accountability partner. I'm going to give you undivided attention, whether you are sitting in the room with them or via video, yeah. uh, via FaceTime, whatever. And you listen. What are your challenges today? Can we overcome them together? You know, and this is what they like. I've learned that the hard way myself as well yeah. through trial and error, because even if you have best business skills, best mentoring skills, coaching skills. When it comes to your own children, sometimes, you know, you forget many things and you're like, oh, I'm the father, you've got to listen to me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's challenging to, um, 
to be able to switch from, you know, I'm here to help you and I'm your father. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's really uh, great. Not, 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 and I am by no, no means a perfect father at all. I have been absent of very high proportion of my children's life, but I've also been really, really present because of work circumstances. I've had jobs which often have meant I've been completely away, but then a lot really at home and present as well. So almost like on and off because of the military, you might be deployed, but then you might have a like three years holiday in one go. Uh, and I've had the same setup. So a little challenge for you, especially people who are entrepreneurs out there. We, we all know that the four hour work week is not a reality. Uh, no. We know that. <laughs> there was, a, there was an interesting book and a lot of people yeah, 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 bought absolutely. it, like Tim Ferriss, yeah, <laughs> four-hour work week. Yeah, yeah. no, but it, if you really like to get to top performance, that's not really how the, the, yeah. the biggest players make it. Well, the peak peak performance doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know a lot of peak performers personally, yeah. and they wake up before dawn every day yeah. and they dedicate two hours of their time every day, including the weekends, to their personal growth, personal development, yep. before they look at the emails, before they look at the phone, uh, before they even get to the office, they two hours before. So, you know, I, I don't know where he gets the, you know, maybe he does not calculate the two hours of personal development as, a, <laughs> as work, because it's like pleasure. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I completely slided away from the question. So I, I lost the thread there, but really in terms of, how you want to to get your job done so now back i, th I got the, the thread i found it again so if you think as an entrepreneur how can you set up a business which ultimately in all of my companies because i got more than a handful which i try to to manage as a try because you can't control anything including what's happening out there with the financial markets and and yes. viruses or whatever so having said that uh, one thing i force myself to do is to not work harder than I do. So when I am in work mode, it is full on. And I, I re really have got no problems to do 12, 14, 18 hour working days. That's not an issue at all. But then I try to switch off and do very little. And uh, I've got a strange setup where I spend roughly half of my time in London, half of my time somewhere else in the world, usually with my family, which since many years are now in Sweden, which means when I'm there, I work a lot less maximum like from nothing to two hours a day if nothing appropriate going on and, and that means ultimately in a normal year i get like 40 percent of the year off but the other 60 percent i am doing the same hours as i did when i was like a managing partner with a consulting company which was my former career when i was employed so it's it's either like completely full on or it is trying to enjoy life at different stages, because you will do different things when you're 30, 40, 50, 60. If you save everything for your retirement, you will not be able to do any of the things that was on your bucket list, unfortunately. True, true. Now, for those of us who would like to have some of the advice from you, for the listeners, it's very challenging, I know, from you know, for myself and you know, my clients and listeners to be able to, you see, once we program ourselves that we can work 12, 14 hours and, you know, we're building a company and how do you then consciously choose to switch off completely or just work two hours a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what does that yeah, look I, like? Yes. So it, it looks like you need to have 
systems in your business. That means that you set up so some of the things that you have to do will also work without you. And that can be everything from as simple as someone will pick up the telephone to someone will pick up that email to having, like we are both in, in, the, in the property sector where we, when you got your, your customers, ultimately your uh, tenants, and you need to be responsive. Otherwise you will very soon have no tenants at all. So you need to have systems in place for that to be managed. And uh, that's one aspect to see. And the other one is teams. Teams are very much part of your systems, possibly. And if you can't even afford to have a team, uh, can you have contractors? Can you have people that work very much on a performance base, which means ultimately no one will cost more than they will actually contribute. That's another way how, how you can set it up. And, uh, and also with today's fantastic uh, technology, we can have people doing tasks also from other countries. I mean, virtual, I've not been working with virtual assistants, etc., but I have been delegating some tasks online to other people. Uh, and then also, it is a matter of teaching and educating your customers. I say that one more time, teach and educate your, your customers about what can they expect from you? They know that, well, okay, when Frederick is working, I can reach him 24 seven if I want, but when he is not in working mode, it would either take longer time. Uh, he will pick up the email between this and that hour. And uh, I can't leave a voicemail to him. I can only send text message or WhatsApp if I really like to reach him. Uh, they know that if I can pick up the telephone, and help, I will. But if I'm not picking up the telephone, that means, again, send a message if it's really urgent or call another day. Most people, what's important right now is not really that important. So, which means that an email sent yesterday or a text message or WhatsApp or whatever, whatever it might be, which was that person's attention at that very moment, when you pick it up another day, in eight times out of 10, it's not even valid anymore because they are now doing something else. Just uh, interesting life hacks that I picked up along the way. Uh, so those are a couple of ways. So again, systems, team, uh, and then train your customers. I'll, I can keep it on the whole day, but I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, that's, that's really useful, really, really useful. And the last bit was about, you know, sort of time management as well, yes. because um, Time management, when it when we look at it, you know, a lot of people, they sort of uh, focus on putting out bushfires, which is reacting, reacting. Okay, email came, it's urgent. This text message came, I have to respond. No, and if you, and part of obviously, as we described, putting systems in place is being able to teach yourself first that you feel comfortable to tell the customer or not even tell, you know, you just, you know, you say, like, I don't answer my text messages and my emails and my, yeah. the only person I answer to if is my son or my wife. Yeah. Not, you know, if it's business, okay, if somebody is owing me money and is supposed to pay my invoice, I'm on it straight away because that's urgent. Yeah. But, you know, if somebody, because, you know, with today's technology, it's great, but also everyone out there, we are bombarded by so many things that, ask for our attention yes right so how do we uh, be in peak performance and most productive 
is by teaching ourselves first how not to react to all the attention that we are bombarded with by having systems in place. Okay, this is yeah. my time that I do my LinkedIn, my 20 minutes, half an hour of LinkedIn posting and networking, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. This is the time for my email. This is the time for my important course. And also I tell people when I teach, I tell them, I do something that you um, at least like first thing in the morning, get it out of your day, yep. like taxis or some other tasks that nobody likes, right? Yes. Do those things. Maybe you have a difficult customer, difficult project, something that you've been sort of, if you don't have to, you wouldn't do it, yep, right? Exactly. Yep. Do that first and get it out of the way. So you have to train yourself uh, as well as train customers, which is a great, great advice, yeah? Now, you've given us uh, and the listeners a lot of amazing advice, Frederick. Now, what do you do for yourself? Um, what is your human experience every single day to, to stay on track to your goals, to your objectives, you know, your health, your relationships, your business, your career, your money, your finance, so are there certain rituals and habits that you do that could potentially work for our listeners? Yeah, so I'll, I'll share my least productive and worst and most stupid trait, which is a very uh, common human flaw, which is I really like praise. I like people saying that, Frank, that was good. Uh, I'd like to see more of that. And like, oh, that's fantastic. Unfortunately, I really like praise. So that's something which is really, really good. Not to be dependent on that people say that you're good. Uh, so taking the extreme example of when I was in the military, there wasn't much praise, which means people will not give you praise for the kind of tasks often you do in the military, and especially when you're helped in real life situations. So be less dependent on praise. That's just like a general guidance thought I would like to share with the world. And um, especially now when many people are working much more alone, try to be less dependent on praise, try to find something which you can control, which is what you think about yourself. So yes, what you think about yourself, what you say to yourself. So be kind to yourself. And, uh, and that means that if you're more kind to yourself in your own head, that means that ultimately you're not as dependent on that external Praise. One reason why I really like, for example, to be on stage is the con contact with the audience. So one thing I do on a daily basis is to communicate with other people because I know that that will reflect back on to me. So I'm helping someone else or, or, or I'm doing something, talking to someone else. That human connection is something I try to get as a, a routine now. And this is now, especially in, in COVID times. Uh, the human connection is something which is important and also giving support to my family when I'm not there. That's like an important ritual, which I have uh, in, in a way, especially if you're really busy, you might forget about life and, and, and yourself. So that's one thing. Uh, one thing I've been focused on more and more the last few months is uh, my health. So just by giving it more attention, I've lost more than 12 kilos. I am back to my same running pace as I had my early days with Special Forces. So right now I could pass uh, the Navy SEALs running test. I could Ross do the same with, with uh, the, the things here, the, the SS times. I'm already back where I was many, many, I mean, talk about, you talk about 20 plus years back. Um, 
so fitness has become more important. So I think more about what I eat and uh, and what I do with my uh, conditioning and so on and so forth. And it's never too late to pick up that uh, barbell. And uh, again, for the audience sake, I'm 46, just to give you a benchmark. So you can use that either as an excuse or a carrot, you choose. <laughs> so yeah, uh, health, health and fitness, super important. Uh, another routine, I don't need too much sleep. At least that's what I think, which means I can work very long days, but I do also adjust to people around me. So I, when I'm with my family, I do sleep longer so that I, I'm not messing up the whole family. Uh, that's one little life fact. Try to adjust to people around you um, because it makes the, the more better experience for everyone. And uh, I really like to have morning routines where you have learning. I, I listen to so much content when I am doing that physical exercise. I listen to at least uh, one, one, two books a week, I listen to many podcasts and so on and so forth, but that is consumption. Another part of routines is actually to produce content. That might be uh, a habit as well you want to have. And that's something I like to do. I like to put content out there. So it's part of my weekly routine is to, to give things on different social channels that people can use. Not only this is my food. Uh, I don't take photos of my food normally, but I do do things to show that you can push a boundary, you can do something uh, and, and lead by example. So yeah, those were a couple of things. I, I have had really great morning uh, rituals uh, at the moment. My morning ritual, the most important one is from military. Uh, and yeah, I start by making my bed when I get up. So I always know that I have a great bed to get back to later, regardless how good or bad I did that day. And you have accomplished thing number one. And I remember when we did this in the military, we used to have like a coin and you should be able to bounce it off the bed. I'm not talking about that standard, but make your bed, whatever that means to you. That's amazing. So would you say the morning routine is important for our listeners? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And so during your morning routine, is it also exercise you do? And yeah, as you yeah. are exercising, you are consuming positive content. Yes, you exactly. You are learning so, something. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, by, by the time that most people get up, I probably done, done at least a couple of hours of each of those. Yes, and often combined. And the, what, what, what time do you normally wake up? Is it at dawn? Uh, when... Uh, when I'm on my own, I usually wake up like five or six as nothing has happened by myself. I rarely set an alarm bell because I don't need to because it's, I'm my own boss. Uh, and, uh, and when in Sweden, it's just one hour time difference is roughly the same. Okay, that's great. And then going to bed is very different. So if I'm in Sweden with my family, it might be uh, 10, 11, while I'm uh, here in London, it's usually never before 12. Let's see. To do the math, that means that I'm not sleeping too much. And are you, are you a big reader? Do you also read or you consume your content uh, audio both, and video? Both. Uh, so, I got a, a huge library in, in Sweden. Oh, I see. So, so you would say to our listeners, definitely exercise, eat healthy. And yeah. if you can wake up a little bit earlier, um, be, you know, before your normal waking up time, so you can have your sort of a positive uh, personal development routine before yeah. you have to go to work or office or, yeah. you know, if you are currently working from home, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, S same thing there. If you work from home, try to have that as well or have it as like a break in the day 
to, to do that extra win. Uh, one of my most positive purchases for last year uh, was uh, a traditional uh, watch. Uh, okay. I just got the iWatch, which tells me to stand up every hour. It's very, very self-explanatory. And, and by making that more, that you're aware of what you do in terms of how much you move, how much you sit, how much you exercise, by bringing that to the forefront of your mind by a simple app is, is a great way to make it visible that you are lazy or that maybe yeah. you're not so lazy. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah. One, of my, one of my friends, what he does every hour, he stands yeah. up and he goes next to his desk and he does, he's working from home now, yeah, yeah. he does few push-ups yeah. and maybe some stretching, and, yeah. and then eventually he got some weights as well and he would do some bicep curls maybe do yeah. a couple of like shoulder presses whatever yeah and yeah so yeah that's that's great so in my corridor when i'm walking between like my bedroom and and where i'm sitting working uh, i got uh, one of these bars in the ceiling so today i've done uh, pull up uh, chin up bar right i've done 90 pull-ups today i've done 100 push-ups and uh, then biceps curls like 100 of them just like in breaks i'm not being to the gym today that's just like in breaks just walking past it that's Fantastic. amazing that is amazing truly inspiring and uh, you know um for the listeners frederick looks about 30 he doesn't look 46 <laughs> so i need to check your id your driver's yeah, yeah, license absolutely. i mean and the kids when did you have your kids when you were 11 or something uh, yeah exactly yeah? exactly right it was re okay. re really funny story when, when i was in my 20s i had so high working capacity so uh, I used to joke when I was getting closer to 30, if I just take my full-time th things I'm doing, I should be like 80 on my CV. But I have slowed down since. I'm not doing as many things at the same time now. Yeah, you mentioned at some point earlier that, you know, our priorities change. Yes, exactly. So you asked me about the kids. So one priority was I got Ivan when I was 30. So that means that uh, logically that's when I changed a lot of my priorities. That's amazing. That's really, I mean, you know, the whole podcast, I mean, there is so many golden nuggets here for our listeners to take. Um, now for our audience, if they would like to find you on social media to follow you, or yeah. perhaps they want to hire you for your services, because I know you mentioned you still sometimes do some mentoring and coaching, yep. um, or they want to perhaps listen to your own podcast, invest in me. Is it invest in me or invest in, in you? Invest, invest in you. Invest in you, correct. Okay. You, you so, as the audience. So where where can they find you? So uh, my name is Frederick Sandvall. That is Swedish spelling. So you can check the show notes. And uh, I, I've got the, the first eight pages on Google. So I'm quite easy to find um, of, of content and stuff I'm doing. So yes, I've got a podcast, which is called Invest in You. I've got another one called Investing Skills, which is more like hands-on stuff. I do have a book which is called Trust is New Currency. Two more books on the way. If you do follow me on the best place where you can do that online is LinkedIn. And uh, I'm still allowed to accept friends there while on Facebook he has follow. So those are the best ways. And uh, unlike people who are out there who would like to be on Instagram, I'm not very active there. But I, I love to help other people and, and many people who actually do contact me get a response like from a real person. So you're welcome to contact me, whatever it might be. And uh, usually if I don't know what, what to do, I've got a quite extensive network so I can point you at least in a direction or hold up a mirror because usually you have the answer yourself. 
Oh, wow, that's an amazing advice, right? Yeah, that's really great. So people, um, you're going to have all the details in the podcast where to contact Frederick. But yeah, reach out through LinkedIn. That's the best way to contact him cool, uh, cool. if you need any help, listen to his podcast. And I mean, just an inspiring journey that he has had and all the positive things that he has taught his boys and family is truly inspiring. Now, one last question, Frederick, before we go, what yeah. is the impact you would like to have on humanity while you are here? I like to influence many tens of thousands. I have not set an upper limit on it, on younger people, how they can change their life to become more financially independent from a really early age, to be less reliant on the system because I don't think the system is built to be relied upon as much as it might have been in the past. Wow, that's incredible. That's really, really good. I mean, so the they can obtain several university degrees with all, without <laughs> all the student loan debt, right? Yeah, between I mean, age I, I, I 10 have. to 18. Yeah, no, I, I have been to Harvard to pick up some ideas from there and I have been teaching at universities as well. So there is not really any limit to what you set up for yourself. It's just you that are the limiting factor, whatever. Yeah, as they say, the, um, the sky is the limit. And I tell everyone, no, on your mindset. Yeah, exactly. Well, the sky, sky is not the limit. Many people yeah. have proven that is, you can go yeah, further. Yeah, because <laughs> and many people point externally, you know, yeah. the, there are limitations, there are problems, there are, and they look for solutions externally. But as you say, take the mirror, yeah. point them in the direction of mirror and uh, look within. Yeah. Well, that's really great. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure, Frederick, to have you on my podcast, The Human Experience. Thank you, Ellen. Uh, last question to you. How can I help you go even further? How can you help me to go even further? Um, well, you can share this episode with uh, when it's published with we'll your do. listeners. We'll and because, you know, I have shared some information about myself and what I do. So have you. So you know, us together, we can, um, you know, help inspire those tens of thousands of people that you are mentioning uh, towards the end of the podcast. But I have one other idea for our listeners. Um, well, many of my listeners, they know about me, but you see, I have done for uh, about 10, 11 years, a lot of live workshops and seminars. And now I have online courses and things like that. But yep. what I have been doing in the, since the pandemic is a lot of uh, workshops online. So global community, people from around the world come to learn for free. Yep. So I don't charge for these workshops. It's between one hour to two to three hours of workshops. Uh, if I'm on my own, I do it for like an hour and a half yep. two. If it's with another um, keynote speaker, perhaps like yourself or somebody like that, could be two, three hours. And the way we do it is um, we teach a, a topic and then we have a Q&A where people can actually unmute themselves and ask a real question, whatever yep. challenge they have in their life. Great example. Help them. Great example, so yeah. That's one of the things that I've been doing for community, global community during these challenging times. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I do. So if you feel that is something that we can collaborate on, because yep. I think there is a lot of synergy with our vision of 
that we want to help and make positive impact on humanity. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and a similar, similar channel for what you just mentioned there, like the, on YouTube, if you just go for a sunwell, that's where we also post stuff. So we, for example, if you've got younger people, you will find instructional videos also for younger people, not only grown-ups like ourselves. Oh, amazing. So um, yes, so people go to YouTube and if, if they uh, search your name, they will yep. find uh, your YouTube channel yep. and they can watch many videos. I've watched yep. a few of them. So um, is it Charlie who's yeah, main yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 surname. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Charlie is the big boss. Charlie is the big boss. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank um, you. I'm going to end the